And we have breaking news in the race for president. A series of brand new polls from the six battleground states that determined the outcome of the election in 2016 and could very well decide it again in 2020. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Identifying as Democrats or independents in Wisconsin, pick one of the two as their choice to earn the Democratic nomination. Eric Franke takes a closer look at the latest poll numbers. Eric? Welcome back tonight in 2020 Vision. We've got a new poll showing. I mean, Wisconsin, this is important. According to the latest Marquette Law School poll. A key question is, who will Trump face in the 2020 election? Today's episode. The Wisconsin State Journal and the University of Wisconsin-Madison Elections Research Center partnered up with YouGov to conduct three polls in three pivotal states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, leading up to the 2020 presidential election. The results of the first of the polling series were released Sunday. I spoke with the State Journal's state and politics editor, Matt DeFore, about the poll, the process, and how this series of surveys will address the issues pollsters faced in 2016. Matt, how did this poll um, organized by the State Journal and UW-Madison come together? So last summer, I had contacted uh, UW-Madison political science professor Barry Burden, who I've known for many years. He's always had really sharp commentary on state politics. I asked him if he had any interest in partnering on some kind of polling project. And it turned out that he and the Elections Research Center, which he runs, was already working on a a polling project. And so they are starting uh, this year a project involving Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. They're polling in all three states. And so we wanted to partner with them because, uh, I mean, I believe strongly that having the media as part of the the polling dynamic in the state is really important so that it's not just some you know a group that's doing it without any real oversight or input from the public but that you know we as representatives of the public we can you know make sure that that we're asking fair questions that that the issues that are of interest are considered in the poll and so we are involved at that level of of figuring out what are the um, some of the best questions to ask and then in in disseminating the, the polling results so Barry and I had talked about, you know, doing a, a project. Uh, we, we went to a polling summit that was put on by WisPolitics last uh, October, and it really was clear to us that there was not this huge glut of polling going on in the state. There was, in fact, a dearth of polling. And so we continued to talk it out, and, and it's coming to fruition now. We've now got this poll, the results of which are, are now out. The first survey in the three-part series polled 1,000 Wisconsin respondents online after the New Hampshire primary and mostly before Wednesday's debate. According to the poll, Senator Bernie Sanders is ahead by a wide margin in the Democratic primary in Wisconsin. General election matchups are close, with each Democrat just slightly ahead of President Donald Trump, all by similar amounts in Wisconsin. Political polling faced a significant amount of criticism following the 2016 presidential election after Donald Trump won in swing states where Hillary Clinton maintained a commanding lead in the polls prior to Election Day. Hello, Elizabeth. Hey, yes, Barry. hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Good to see you. Come on in. Yeah, thanks. I stopped by Barry Burden's office on UW-Madison campus to find out what happened in Wisconsin and how these polls will tackle some of the shortcomings of those conducted during the last presidential election. 
Yeah, the 2016 polls were in trouble, uh, especially in the upper Midwest. The national polls were quite good, and polls in other parts of the country were pretty good. But in places like Wisconsin, Michigan, they were pretty far off the mark. And it was mostly all of them. It was not one poll that was bad or one particular methodology that didn't work. It was gold standard polls like the Marquette poll, which is done by telephone. But it was also internet polls and national firms and others who all indicated that Clinton was doing better than she was. CNN now projects that Donald Trump will carry the state of Wisconsin. He will win Wisconsin with its 10 electoral votes. He's cracked the so-called blue wall that Hillary Clinton had tried to create. Uh, with Donald Trump. Some of that was, some of that miss was that there was some late-breaking movement in the campaign in the final days that appears to have led in the direction of Trump. And all pollsters got out of the business by a few days before Election Day, typically wrapping up surveys by the weekend before. So all of the surveys are going to miss any late-breaking activity, and I think that's just the nature of the business, unfortunately. All they can offer is a snapshot in time. It's really valuable, but it's not exactly the same as predicting who will win. We've even seen some of that in the primaries this year. Amy Klobuchar did surprisingly well in New Hampshire, outperforming the polls. Part of that was just that the polls had finished up a few days before. And voters said in exit polls, if they decided very late in the process, in the final couple days or maybe on election day, they were more likely to be Klobuchar supporters than if they had decided earlier. So a similar thing happened with Trump here in 2016. So it may be that none of the polls were exactly wrong in the time they were ca capturing the state, but there were things that happened after the survey was in the field. So we can't do a lot about that. We're going to be honest in saying we're, we're capturing the public as they stand in mid to late February. But I think there are some things that pollsters are aware of in terms of their methodology that we want to be attentive to. Uh, some polls fared badly because they did not do a good job of interviewing people with lower levels of education the way they did with interviewing people with higher levels of education. For whatever reason, it's, it's harder to get people with less educational attainment to complete surveys. And that has always been true. But in previous elections, it didn't matter much for calling the election outcome because Democratic voters and Republican voters didn't differ a lot in their education levels. Suddenly in 2016, that mattered. Clinton did very well with people who had college degrees or postgraduate degrees. Trump did exceptionally well, unusually well for a Republican among voters who had, say, only a high school diploma or maybe even less than that. And so the fact that the surveys were including fewer of those people meant that the surveys were skewed in the direction of Clinton. So our, our survey, and I think every other pollster now, is, uh, is really conscious about making sure that the demographics of the survey sample reflect the electorate we're trying to capture. So our survey is based on internet uh, population, but will be weighted to make sure that it looks like Wisconsinites in terms of the latest census numbers. So something we're very attentive to. We don't know what the new concerns will be in 2020. There will be some reason why the polls are not exactly right. Uh, so we can fix the things that were problems in the past and try to anticipate what might be the unique challenges this time around. In 2016, it, it was an issue where the Marquette poll, for example, showed in its final poll, I think uh, Donald Trump had 40% support, Hillary Clinton had 46%. Final results, Hillary Clinton, 46%. So they got it exactly right. Donald Trump, 47%. So there, there was that, uh, that was, there was a, a pretty significant gap. 
And there is an, you know, a lot of explanations for why that might have been. It could have been people who weren't willing to say that they were supporting Trump, who was, who was then and continues to be a really controversial figure. I do wonder if that will be less of an issue this time around as people have become more publicly supportive of the president. But there are other factors too in terms of whether they were accounting for education level and, and other factors as they were adjusting their polling results. So again, with any poll, you have that potential for getting it wrong. But you know what I'm kind of excited about with YouGov is you know they were able to predict in 2017 in Great Britain, uh, which is where they are based, the uh, parliamentary elections in which the I think Theresa May won, and you know, again amidst all the the uh, turmoil from Brexit, I think they have a, a somewhat of a of a bead on on what kind of an era we're in with people's opinions. I think a lot of people are online. I think there are a lot of people who are politically active who are online. So I'm. I'm hopeful we're going to be capturing a lot of the current opinions and, again, just adding to that greater volume of polling data so we can understand what the people are thinking. You mentioned a dearth in polls in Wisconsin, but there is one gold standard poll conducted by the Marquette University Law School. What makes the State Journal UW-Madison poll different from that gold standard? Well, and I, I wouldn't say that any poll is necessarily the best or, or hands down better than any other. I think that the idea that having more polls is better comes from the idea of how polling works. So the Marquette Law School poll is a traditional telephone poll where they include both landline and cell phone. That's part of why we would call it gold standard is because that is still considered the industry standard. That is the way to uh, randomly sample the public so that you have a lot of faith in the results you're getting being representative of that population. The polling that we're doing with the uh, with UW is a it's a YouGov poll, and YouGov um, has really gained a lot of prominence in recent years, and their methodology is different in that it is entirely uh, internet-based. It's all online surveys. And so what they're basically doing is they're taking national survey data, so like the census, they're taking that data and they're applying it to the population here in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, or any smaller subset. And then they are taking tens of thousands of interviews they do every day, and they're pulling in the interviews that are reflective of that representative sample or of that of the data we already know makes them representative. Uh, and then they're using that sample to create the, um, the survey results that we're going to then be presenting to the public. The main difference is that it's online versus telephone. And again, I think it's not about which one's a better method. I think it's better to have sort of all your bases covered because if you read our story that uh, Riley Vetterkin did, Charles Franklin noted that their response rate is now down to 2% of people they call responding to their polls. You can imagine a lot of people don't pick up the phone. A lot of people don't have landlines. A lot of people don't use – or if they have cell phones, they they don't respond to telemarketers and they can't tell the difference between someone calling with a poll question and a telemarketer. So while that method is still valid, telephone um, surveys, and certainly is considered, like I said, gold gold standard – um, having a different method in Wisconsin with an online survey just makes our polling environment that much richer. There are Wisconsinites in rural and low-income areas that don't have access to a computer or the internet. So how can we be sure an online poll will be representative of the state as a whole? So 87.5% of people in Wisconsin have access to the internet. 
So yeah, there's a small percentage that does not, but not everybody in those areas you described, whether it's people in low-income areas, people in rural areas, it's not everybody in those areas doesn't have access to internet. So one of the nice things about this kind of sampling is you're not just looking at that as a factor for why polling is, is capturing their opinions. There's other factors in terms of race, gender, income, location of where they live. Those are all factors that are considered in the sample that's being used by YouGov. The State Journal and UW-Madison are partnering on two more polls as we move closer to the November election. How will those polls evolve over the next few months? Yeah, so our plans are a little bit in flux. I think we want to be flexible to keep up with where the campaign is and what's interesting. But the plan is to do at least two more surveys after this initial February survey, again, in partnership with the State Journal, going back to Wisconsinites uh, probably in early summer, just before the Democratic Convention happens in Milwaukee. By that point, we should have a pretty good idea, we would hope, of who the Democratic nominee is likely to be and, and just how things are looking in Wisconsin as the convention is gearing up. So that'll be kind of a last look before the conventions happen. And I think we'll set the stage then for the general election. Uh, so conventions will happen in July and August. We'll then return to do another survey sometime after the conventions, likely in September, where we'll have a look at the electorate heading into the general election, now with two teams, Trump and Pence presumably on the Republican side and a Democrat with a running mate on that side. Um, so the questions will shift as we, you know, again, today we're focused on the Democratic primary and how Democratic voters are thinking about the mix of the eight candidates who are still in the race, uh, but by general election, it'll be a very different set of questions. Probably much more focused on on Trump as the main object of interest. This, I think this election is largely viewed as a referendum on the incumbent president, as it often is. And so to what degree do voters morally want to stick with him and are happy with the decisions the state made in 2016 to give our electoral votes to Trump? And to what extent are they dissatisfied, either his supporters who have become disillusioned or Democrats who are maybe mobilized in a different way than 2016. All of those, I think, are really important factors and will add up to what Wisconsin does in November. The latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll shows Bernie Sanders now with a double-digit national lead in that primary race at 27 percent. The senator's 12-point margin over Joe Biden isn't because he gained support over the past month. It's because Biden lost 11 points and is now at 15 percent. That is a statistical tie with Mike Bloomberg and Elizabeth Warren, who are both at 14 percent. Bloomberg up five while Warren lost a point. Thanks for listening to Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the Wisconsin State Journal's most interesting recent stories. You can find this podcast on our website at www.madison.com WSJ, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify.